Yeah. Yeah, since I was 18, worked for different heartless corporations for the last 12 years. I feel like I work for Satan, selling television, the internet, and the nation was secularists in need, and everybody is waiting for the next iPhone. Made by indentured agents and sells for a thousand dollars. How much does it cost to make them on top of your monthly fee? Thinking how much you're paying for a service that costs fractions of what those companies taking. They making profits up in the tens of the billions. I make thirty thousand a year and barely can make a living. Plus they make me work on Christmas, Easter, and Thanksgiving. Yeah, they pay me double. Cause they have to, but if they didn't, it's the same for most jobs Not many a different slave labor on top of wage labor To make a killing, kids make it in a factory I sell it in a store, then I buy one for myself Cause I'm just another whore Your productivity leads to profitability Your productivity leads to profitability They make it in a factory, I sell it in a store Then I buy one for myself, cause I'm just another whore Your productivity leads to profitability Your productivity leads to profitability They make it in a factory, I sell it in a store your productivity leads to profitability So somebody else can get rich off of all your abilities And that's the American dream if you think it all differently You're a heretic and terrorist against the divinity of capitalism Such a savage religion relies on acts of attrition Leaves you trapped in a system where people sell their souls for the goals That they're after the millions are free to do whatever you please Were you trapped in a prison of materialism The material vision of imperialism was hidden by satirical sit-ins Politicians serve the profits of winnings Are all their super PAC supporters how they got the position Damn, we all encouraged to be hypothetic, apathetic, here's something and half forget it, hour then a half a second, you sell your soul a discount, buy back again in time with interest, it seems as though the cycle has no ending, your productivity leads to profitability, your productivity leads to profitability, they make it in the factory, I sell it in the store, then I buy one for myself, cause I'm just another whore, your productivity leads to profitability, your productivity leads to profitability, they make it in the factory, I sell it in the store, then I buy Welcome to the Newfoundland Cannabis Podcast. We're your hosts, Brad. And I'm Catherine. And we're here to talk to you about cannabis consumption, cultivation, uh, a little bit about culture, and really just any other general cannabis topics we feel like discussing. Uh, We mostly focus on the Newfoundland information, but we are going to branch out from Canada and around the world. So in the introduction there, uh, you may have heard our... Uh, theme song. Uh, that's done by a local Newfoundland-based rapper, Lee Fitz. I, actually, we've both worked with uh, yeah. Lee at different times in our lives, so you can check him out on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. We're going to include his information in the description as well as a, uh, a post on Instagram. So, this is the first time we've ever done, like, a podcast. <laughs> it's probably gonna get better as we go, hopefully. We never promised quality, but we can promise quantity. Yeah, we can we can sit here and smoke a joint and record. It's fine. You're joining us, hopefully, on a very special first episode. It's uh, 420! It is 420! Well, it <laughs> pretend it's 420. It's yeah. actually April 11th when we're recording this, but... The illusion. It's all just, magic. Just pretend. Smoke your joint. It's 420. <laughs> it's always 420 where I'm from. It is. It, it's, you know what, it is. It's whatever. <laughs> I guess, like, we're going to keep it pretty lighthearted. Like, I don't want to rant and rave too much about 
be yeah. kind of bullshit. It's 420. We need to be calm and chill and peaceful. And Just in, enjoy our it. weed. Like, there are positives to legalization among all the negatives. So let's just kind of talk about it and, you know, do our little part to lift that stigma. Yeah. So what we're going to do today is actually introduce ourselves in a very different way. We're going to discuss our high histories. So it's actually going to be our original experiences with cannabis and kind of what happened to us individually. So um, like for me, I've been using cannabis for about eight years regularly. Um, You've been using it for about five, about five years. Yeah. Uh, who who influenced you? Um, this really bad influence. Uh, he kind of just like came up to me and was like, "Hey, kid, you want to try some devil's lettuce?" Yeah, yeah, that's what we call it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was actually like her introduction to cannabis. She wanted me to go first. I think <laughs> it's funnier for me if she goes first. If you want to get into it, what was your first experience with cannabis? Okay, so a little bit of backstory as to why the whole situation happened. I was raised in a family that was very much so against the use of cannabis. It was something I never thought of doing. Like, I was terrified of it. I was like, no, you're like a horrible person if you do that. And obviously, I was a horrible person for thinking that at the time. But hey, we, we, uh, <laughs> yeah. we've all come from somewhere I was very... We uh, evolve. If I, if I could find it, there's a local blog where I was about 14 or 15 and I posted like the craziest anti-weed blog, <laughs> like blog post. And like it was so holier than thou. I thought I was like a straight edge teenager, didn't drink, didn't smoke. <laughs> I've come a little ways since then. You know, I kind of overcame my fear because I actually suffer from a a very painful chronic disorder and uh, it was to the point where I could almost pass out from the pain so my uh, better half suggested Uh maybe you should try cannabis to kind of like look after that pain since nothing else is working for you and I kind of never wanted anything to do with opiates so uh, which I should and should note that like maybe it's it's pretty much the same anywhere but uh opiates of course are like a major major problem in this province uh especially in like the saint john's region yeah. it's like i've found dirty needles in toilets of public bathrooms it's out of hand here yeah it's crazy here so i didn't want to become part of that kind of um stigma that statistic that's that's part of this area of newfoundland i i did actually try cannabis uh the night i remember so so well i remember sitting at our desk in our uh shared apartment we had a roommate and Brad was actually the one who was rolling the joint with his dollar bill contraption, his American dollar oh, bill yeah. rolling I, contraption. I had a U.S. dollar bill, and <laughs> that was taped to a pen, and like I would use that to roll. There's a weird video on YouTube somewhere of that method to I this like day. You I should still really link roll. that, <laughs> like somehow. We need to find a video if and I link can that find somewhere. It, like, That's important. My go-to was like the Wiz Khalifa rolling a joint on his iPad. <laughs> and then this very low quality, like filmed with a potato video of this lady rolling it with a dollar bill. Yeah. Because of yeah. that, I still haven't learned to roll a joint. Yeah, and it's fine because it worked at that time. So I want to note too that 
for about like the first month or so that we were uh, together like you were really still nervous about cannabis like i i actually stopped using cannabis not at her request but i knew she was just nervous about it um so that i mean that went on for about kill right but like that went on for about a month <laughs> on and off i would go in the other room and smoke with my roommate and i i, I don't know maybe you can allude to it but i i think you seeing me and how i reacted on cannabis or using cannabis was different than what you previously thought or would have experienced from certain people yeah, because I guess when I was in high school, all the people who like smoked weed were not, you know, they were they were just like shitty people. Not well, well no, well like not that they were shitty people, more so that they were like smoking a bit more than they should, and I guess they their bodies weren't ready to handle well, it. I guess they were teenagers. That's well, here, here's, that's the thing. Here's the thing. Like I I'm not gonna advocate anyone smoke weed under the age of like you know 19 or whatever i would suggest under the age of 21 only because of the mental state like your your brain isn't finished developing but like that's more so just me i'm someone who battles with a very severe mental illness so like i i definitely advocate that people should Wait until 21 if you do have any pre-existing mental illnesses. Yeah. Yes. Back to your story. So, <laughs> yeah, how, so old, you were... how old were you? Oh my god, that was five years ago, so I would have been 22. Okay, Tay-Tay. Yeah, that was my Tay-Tay year. Alright, I remember that well. Yeah, okay. Um, Alright, so go on. So, I remember uh, you kind of messaging your roommate, I think, on like facebook and you sent her a picture of Kiefer sutherland because you were using <laughs> keef in this joint and now i had no idea like here was this innocent little like dove I, child i've never smoked weed before i've never i've never smoked weed how dare you sir how dare you but i didn't know what it was he was making jokes about it it was funny to me at the time. <laughs> what was it? Lemon lemon haze, I think we had at the time. That's we, what we're... Yeah, it was lemon haze of what we were All told. Right, so, yeah, pre-legalization, pre-us, on, like, Newfoundland, <laughs> it was get you get what you get. You know, the legal market hasn't really made things any better. We don't really, nah, the legal market. We're not getting into that today. No. Um, so, yeah, um, we acquired our... Uh, cannabis from a source they told us it was like lemon haze yeah so uh, it did smell good i will admit to that like it smelled like lemon so that was cool and so you you rolled that joint on up and at this point uh we lived in an apartment building and how the building worked is that the basement floor was considered one one then the next floor up was considered one two and then the next floor up was considered two one and then the next floor up was 2-2. So we were actually on uh, what would have been considered around the 8th floor of the building if you count it that Just way. Just their that weird they kind of, like, staggered it. They were um, old, like, military. We had a balcony, of course, off this. It was, like, a humid night, I remember, nice and sticky and, like, was it like you know, really a little bit nice. of fog rolling in. It was, like, a nice summer-ish night here. Yeah, and it was it was just nice out, so we stand on the balcony and spark it up, as the kids say these days. And, you know, puff, puff, pass starts to happen, it was, it was and it, it comes to me. And I should add that I 
am a glasses wearing asthmatic like you would guess. <laughs> so when I inhaled this keef without knowing what it was, I instantly began to cough and cough and cough and cough and I couldn't breathe and my eyes were watering, my mouth was watering and suddenly I threw up over the side of this eighth story balcony all the way to the ground. So that was my first ever experience. And later on that night, I was very pleasantly high, but the very first part of that was not enjoyable at all. <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> you are not excused. No. So, like, you, you said you were pleasantly high that night. Do you remember, like, anything that you were thinking the first time? Or, like, was it more panic initially? I really don't remember being, uh overly afraid of the effects. So I guess maybe, like, I, I know you were really, like, paranoid about it before, so I don't know, maybe was it the setting? Uh, no, I, I feel like the thing that I kind of equated it to was that I was someone who took a lot of Ativan uh, due to anxiety, so, I mean, I couldn't imagine it would fuck me up more than Ativan, so I never had any fear. I was like, oh, this is gonna be nothing. Like, I'm probably going to get hungry and want to have a nap, maybe a little thirsty, yeah. but I didn't think it was going to be the way it was. Not to make that sound terrifying, but it's more of like a positive experience because Ativan made me feel like garbage. Well, like, I, know, I, I, I wanted more and more and more of it to try to counteract the come down of it. Whenever you came back off of it, it hurt more, so you wanted more of it. But yeah, I... I... I've taken Ativan once, like I was prescribed it, and I took it once, and uh, no, that that didn't work for me. Like I didn't like not really knowing where I was, like not panicking because I'm kind of a zombie is not really how I want to feel day to day, and like it's kind of like the go-to here. It's like oh, you're having a panic attack, take some Ativan. So that's cool, like, and I, I know obviously you found that it did work with, like, any kind of, like, chronic pain you were experiencing. Like, I remember prior to you were in, you know, a lot more agony. Oh, yeah. No, I have not had a, a bad pain episode where I'm literally just on the floor crying. So, like, that is incredible to me that I have not had that issue. And, like, you've tried so many things prior yeah um, no i i had been prescribed a lot of other things i had been prescribed morphine before when it was really really bad and no i nothing else was the same like morphine didn't make the pain go away it just made you not understand the pain more than anything yeah i i have never been given morphine but uh demerol was a thing i was given uh when i was in about fifth grade uh, at the local hospital but, you know at the time um i really had to go through an emergency procedure so they were like here's some demerol little kid we're gonna shoot you up with it <laughs> here little boy yeah confident confident little shit i was uh i saw them coming with a the wheelchair they're like you're gonna you're gonna need to sit in this we'll wheel you to like the operating room and I'm like, no, I don't need the wheelchair. I'll stand up. And these these nurses, they humored me. They like <laughs> they would let me stand up. I immediately fell into the wheelchair, but hey, I tried. I just imagine that like meme that was going around for a while that was just like the kid, the really skinny kid with his arms out by his side, super angry, and like the cop standing in front of him. Like that is that is what I imagine. I I, I was a feisty kid. 
You're still a feisty kid. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> but I should note that getting to, I guess, as a good transition to my high history. Yeah, your feisty kid years, which yeah. is your entire life. More or less. So, yeah, I never used cannabis, as I mentioned. Like, I was very, very anti-cannabis, like anti-drinking. Um, so I'm kind of what they'd call, I guess, a late bloomer. I was a square for her. Uh, several years square prior prior to being of legal age so in my province that's over the age of 19 in newfoundland can i have an aside here sure yeah like can we just start calling people who like square enix games way too much squares we already do we already do okay i'm glad we've reached this consensus cool all right continue all right i didn't smoke cannabis i was very anti-cannabis like i didn't want to even like hang out with people that smoke cannabis now you can imagine as like a long-haired scruffy like metalhead teenager all of my friends smoked cannabis or like but they they wouldn't tell me they smoked cannabis because i was so so judgmental about it, it it's insane fast forward um i was it was about 18 I started working at a call center. Don't do it. <laughs> um, That's the gateway drug. Call and, centers are gateway drugs. <laughs> and hey, throwback to our intro song, the song Productivity by Lee Fitz. A lot of that is about working in a call center. Yeah, that is the that, call center life. That's our struggle. If you've ever worked in a call center, you know. We'll smoke one for you. We do still every <laughs> right? day. We'll burn one for the ones still tethered. And, and, and the ones who are finally free, be that through their own means or... Um, that sounds terrifying. Yeah, it's... So anyways, call centers suck. I, from about 18 to maybe my 20s, I think it was close to two and a half years I worked for this company... I don't know if I'm allowed to say the name. I don't not, think you should. I'm not allowed to say the name of the client, but certainly. we'll just cover that up with Satan. Yeah, um, it does start with an S, um, and we'll just call them Satan. Yeah, so we both worked for Satan, actually, which is funny, at different times. At their, different we, times. Actually, at one point, we were both worked for Satan at the same time, but we both worked for Satan at different times as well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> there are two points of working with this Satan in my life, unfortunately. <laughs> Both equally as bad. No, actually, I think the most recent one was worse. Anyways, that thing sucked my soul. Like, I'm, or was, certainly a very negative person. I didn't know at the time, but uh, I certainly had more anxiety or, like, mental health issues than I thought. I, I thought I was just dealing with social anxiety. Turns out, by the time I was in my 20s, I was in a very manic stage. As I found out later what, what that was. I yeah. didn't know what a manic stage was at this point. Newfoundland is not a place where you're encouraged to talk about mental illness. When I learned about social anxiety and I brought it up to, like, my grandmother, it was a big thing. Like, oh, you just want to get medication. And it's like, no, I'm not just shy. Like, <laughs> you having... just want to shoot up those Prozacs. Yeah, like the Prozacs. <laughs> give me them all. So Not even once. Yeah, so, like, I kind of stopped taking Prozac abruptly, and, you know, that's never good for anything, and it was through a pretty turbulent time. Did you feel like you had a strange disease? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Most of the time. A lack of serotonin. So, 
I kind of struggled with this job. It, uh, I think most of it was just me at the time and kind of my mindset, but the, the job certainly didn't help. Uh, so I kind of picked up some bad habits. The first was drinking. Like I didn't really drink. I think as a teenager, mm -hmm. I drank like once. We're not going to really talk about that. I don't approve of it. I'm not going to encourage drinking underage. I, I'm not even going to talk about that story. I didn't. Uh -huh. I actually went to my first liquor store on my 18th birthday. 19th birthday. That's what it was. Cool. Right. <laughs> oh, God. What is the legal drinking age in Newfoundland? 19. Okay, yeah. So on my 19th birthday was the first time I went to a, like, a liquor store to purchase <coughs> alcohol. It's the first time I ever purchased alcohol. So it was awesome. I had never gone to a <laughs> bar or anything like that. Like I did drink like a half case maybe in my teen years, maybe a little more overall. And uh, so drinking came first. I was drinking on George Street. Uh, anyone from Newfoundland or that's been to Newfoundland probably knows what George Street is, but it's mm -hmm. at least at one point in time, the largest amount of bars in like a square square radius or some weird shit. Like it square has, kilometer. I don't know. So they many have, square, I think it's like so many square kilometers or whatever. There are like 200 bars. It's insane. And like it, it's, it, it smells disgusting. It smells like urine and vomit and just shame. Yeah, shame. Do you know what that smell is, Timmy? It's not that the drinking is shameful, but like George Street gets pretty shameful. I've I've seen some stuff. I know you're not as yeah. No, I've only gone down there during the day. And like, let me tell you, like the, the I went to two places. One I will gladly mention, uh, O'Reilly's, which is like an Irish pub, not what you would think like an emo scene metal kid <laughs> would be going to. But you know. So we had some bands we would go see, just drink at O'Reilly's. We met up with some people. So I'm not going to talk some about those people. people. So it's, it's some bad, bad, bad people. Bad people. And <laughs> they were like, hey, um, we're going to go to this other bar. No, this bar, we'll, we'll just say this bar played techno, had a lot of lights, and water cost, like, as I found out, $5 a bottle. Mm -hmm. So use your imagination. You can kind of tell what type of bar this was or mm -hmm. club this was uh they also opened were open until 6 a.m when every other bar closed at 2 when they stopped selling when you have to stop selling booze now i had no intention of doing anything there i was pretty drunk one of the guys i was with who, you were white girl dancing i oh i was i was like <laughs> white goth girl dancing to like pop music pop like dance music it was terrible <laughs> I'm really glad I was plastered or I would have been very embarrassed for myself. It was on Don't the worry, second I'm level, em too. I'm embarrassed for you. Oh, you should be. <laughs> so my roommate that I was with said, hey, I'm going to take this uh, this pill. And, like, I was a little nervous. I'd never really, again, I'd never really been around it. But I didn't like this this particular guy at the time. He became, like, one of my best friends. At the, but at the time, we didn't really like each other. So I kind of took it upon myself to rat him out and say, no, he, no, man, he didn't take it when his friend uh, asked him how he was feeling about it. So I have a tendency, like when I first started drinking, I didn't start with beer. I started with whiskey. I started with Jack Daniels. Like I skipped that. I went to alcohol. <clears throat> so 
I decided to try this uh, this drug that all the kids were doing. <laughs> all the kids except me. Yeah, no, and, I, and I, like I don't I don't encourage it, but I did it. I I experienced it. <laughs> X being the the key word. Uh, bombs as they call it locally. <laughs> that's that's what they call it they on the street. Bombs. They drops bombs here. Buddy, they drops bombs. It's a little new finesse for you. And so I took this this guy's ecstasy. This is it the an adult podcast. I can say it. And so like I, after twenty one questions to to my friend on what was gonna happen, and like to to their, <laughs> am I gonna die? Yeah, like what's gonna happen? Am I gonna die? How long is this gonna last for? Oh my god, I heard this is bad. Can I at least die right away instead of waiting? <laughs> Why am I so thirsty? And this is how I found out five bucks a bottle for water, which is like complete robbery. That is insane. Nevertheless, I I took the pill. It was, I, I don't remember the color. It was dark light, so I can't even say it was the red pill or the blue pill. But some, nothing really stayed the same. <laughs> and on that day, you became a man. Or I just <laughs> had like more serotonin than my body has been capable of producing. <laughs> More or less. <clears throat> so we ended up having to leave about 10 minutes after this happened. So usually this, this if, if you're not, if you haven't done it, this could take about 20 to 30 minutes, sometimes depending. So we're on our way home in a taxi. Don't fucking drink and drive. Don't do it, you piece of shit. No, don't do it. Always get a taxi. Or an Uber if your city's not garbage and you can do that. Not necessarily Uber because Uber's kind of scummy. Yeah, but what's the other one? Lyft? Lyft, rideshare, I don't know, figure something out. Yeah. Most places also have better public transit than Newfoundland. Yeah. Use the GO train. Yeah. I'm 20 minutes. Don't use the Metro bus. No, don't do that. Fuck Metro bus. <laughs> I, you know what? I pay taxes. <laughs> I pay for this company, so I've I'll fuck it if I want. supported their bullshit. <laughs> like, I've had to use it so I can fucking talk shit about them all i want we could probably do a whole fucking episode just of <laughs> ranting about metrobus because we have a story with metrobus so yeah. we'll save that for later yeah and like you know what it doesn't even have to be cannabis related i could just get high and fucking rant about metrobus <laughs> that that'll be like a side episode yeah all right so i'm in the cab there's a couple of people i don't i'm not going to name names because it's not really my place i don't want to involve anyone don't um, be at it <laughs> nah that's not that's not my style i don't want to be a narc man <laughs> so this shit hits Snitches me get stitches yeah, this shit hits me in the taxi <laughs> like i am already plastered and i'm in the cab already laying backwards because like i'm really drunk and then it hits me next thing i know all the street lights everything is wavy i'm like clenching i'll note that this was the only thing my friend did not tell me is that you will clench you see those rave girls <laughs> with like the the pacifiers i understood why after that but like i wasn't warned so anyways fast forward all of that i'm not here to really glorify ecstasy um come to like the night but like ecstasy was the first drug 
outside of, you know, the evil caffeine. Ah, the caffeine. Which I might argue is probably worse. Oh my god, it is the worst. It's the hardest addiction I've ever tried to kick. And I say this as I sip from an unnamed energy drink, unless they want to sponsor us. Right. Uh, Rockstar? What's up? (laughs) Isn't that, like, distributed by Pepsi in Newfoundland? I have no idea. I feel like it is when I used to work at a store of no name. Get at me, Rockstar Energy. Right? Like, <laughs> this person in the middle of Newfoundland that you don't know, yeah. get at me. But we, we we drink the shit too much. We bleed it. That's that's unfortunately probably true. If it's scientifically possible, it's probably it's probably true. Right. So um, the thing about ecstasy is that the come down is terrible. It's come down. The come come pastor. You know what? In in like the YouTube notes, we're gonna post another link to a very offensive <laughs> video, like pre warned. It's offensive to most. We'll even label it. We won't. We're we're not gonna say it out loud. I don't think. No. You, you already said well, it. Well, I, I kind of like, dropped not, a hint. We're not gonna like say it, but we're gonna leave it there. But we're gonna label it. <laughs> yeah. So we're just gonna label that, and some stuff's gonna. You you can watch it, and you can be offended, or you, you can, can judge it how you laugh. please. Like. Hopefully, you'll laugh. You know. It's all in good fun. It's 420. Have fun. Watch the video. Do it. Smoke weed, they said. Yeah. You'll have fun, they said. You will. You'll make a podcast, they said. It's true. I have social anxiety. Here we are. Right? So, ecstasy come down. Awful. And it gets to the end of the night, and my future roommates, uh, just friends at the time, uh, pull out this big blue bong. <laughs> oh, that went a different direction than I thought. Yeah, this isn't like Saints Saints Row. It's not. It's not. We're not talking about the penetrator. <laughs> but out comes the uh, blue meanie. Uh, they called it, and rightfully so. It it was a big, big blue mean bong. <laughs> Made me a bong user for life. After I was taught how to use the bong, this was my first hit of the marijuanas. Oh, God, the marijuanas. So, you know, they say marijuana is the gateway drug. Um, <laughs> you did it backwards. I, I fucked that whole thing up. <laughs> I really did. Uh, ecstasy, the gateway drug to... Caffeine, m- the gateway drug to... Call centers, the gateway drug to ecstasy. That's that's true. There's there's a whole other story about that that I could talk about, so... <laughs> we'll 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 get into that at another time. Yeah, that's not directly related, <laughs> uh, but but probably equally as entertaining. Yeah. And so that like I smoked cannabis for the first time from a bong. Um, I didn't feel anything particularly like. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I didn't feel anything, and like you were probably like seeing colors. Oh, shit like before you even did that. I my eyeballs were like. You probably saw a blue toady. meanie just pop right. There fuck out of it yeah and i i want to stress that like this wasn't like clean product that that we had like i don't know the source of it it was reckless and terrible if you're gonna do that shit know your source right. test it be responsible don't even do that shit now because people can't be trusted like they could be back then yeah i know right like uh... your your drug dealers are not respectful anymore they've lost their honor yeah, there's been a lot of, like, fentanyl overdoses around here. Like, that's terrifying. Yeah, like, people we know. Like, it's it's fucked up. Like, 
if I, I don't think you should be doing like Xan or anything like that anyways, but you know, you, you shouldn't be getting fentanyl if that's what you're trying to do. Yeah, like some people can't help their like addiction situation. So and like support yeah. for that here is terrible. Yeah, there, there's, there's, there's nothing. no support for it, so it's the, it's very unfortunate. The solution here is they wait until the attic population hold up a store, rob someone, use a heavy loader to, <laughs> to take, take an, an ATM. ATM out of banks. <laughs> it's happened a couple of times, but a lot of times more than I'd care to admit that happened in the city but it's it's a troubled situation the solution most recently, is like most recently someone is grave robbing <laughs> yeah so like you know hell of a drug the solution here is lock these people up in like an ill-equipped prison from like parts of it date back to the 1800s yeah so there's no addiction counseling like anytime something like that tries to open up like any type of transition home uh, neighborhoods kick against it. The city council always gives in. Nothing gets approved. So it's like a perpetual cycle of bullshit. All right. And that actually brings us into uh, kind of explaining uh, the future of what we actually want to accomplish with the Newfoundland uh, Cannabis Podcast. Uh, we're kind of looking forward to having a mixture of, you know, lighthearted conversation as well as more structured understanding of newfoundland law on growing and uh possession of how much cannabis you can be possessing at the time the differences Um, kind of like between like the medical which is of course federally regulated versus like newfoundland's patchwork to legal cannabis there are kind of a lot of topics that we could discuss uh at great length about the legal cannabis market you've worked in the legal cannabis i'm not gonna mention yeah like i'm not gonna name names right right now now. we have to look into that we'll save that for later yeah that's that's (laughs) gonna be a special episode uh we've gotta make sure our asses are covered on that one before we really talk about it too much go through a few things but wait for that and uh we kind of want to branch out as well and kind of look into the canadian and world climate when it comes to cannabis as well like that's also very important because it still structures how uh people around you and how the stigma changes the more countries the more uh states in the u.s places like that that actually legalize it it kind of might stimulate someone's mind to think hey maybe this is okay so you know just try and kind of get that information out there and so as people like we both you know have our struggles with mental health so you know we'd like to touch on how that's kind of helped us cannabis has been an amazing amazing thing for me medically like there's no way i would sit here and record like 38 minutes of this without cannabis there's no way Oh, yeah. And uh, same with me, though. I mean, (laughs) me even being functional right now is thanks to cannabis. So that is something I can definitely talk about at one point. But we'll uh, we'll save that for later. And so like we want to look at, you know, really having a couple of different formats. So like, uh, as uh, as Catherine said, we have some, uh, you know, more serious topics. Of course, we're going to interject our own whatever if you call it a sense of humor. I don't know. Our shenanigans. If, if you like the first episode, it's presumably only going to get better from here. Hopefully. <laughs> we haven't nailed anything down just yet, but I do want to give a shout out to our friends over at the Toronto Cannabis Podcast. I feel like that was a bad choice of words considering what tomorrow is. The 21st. What? <laughs> you said nailed down. 
Oh. <laughs> oh. Sorry. Sorry, it's April 12th now. Oh, shit, we've time traveled. Right? Do, 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 do. So yeah, we're going to look at having some guests occasionally. That, of course, requires that we, like, purchase some equipment. Yeah. Uh, not expensive equipment. We need, like, $30 worth of equipment, so we'll get that soon. That'll hopefully enable us to get a little more mobile. Yeah, and uh, as you were saying before I so rudely interrupted you, uh, the Toronto Cannabis Podcast. Yes, so our friends uh, at the Toronto Cannabis Podcast, um, we have discussed that we'd like to do some type of collaboration so we're going to work some stuff out with them and, and, you know, in the future, look for some collaboration. If you want to get more information, um, they've had some great guests. I know Chef Don from Instagram, uh, or I know him from Instagram. Mm-hmm. He's mo- on the most recent episode. Uh, Greg Organic, we also know from Instagram, yeah. uh, was on the first episode. <laughs> if you're interested in like the cultivation side, we are going to bring you like some of our own kind of topics and discussions on cultivation yeah, and we might get some local people kind of involved in it. Um, Straight maybe a up. couple of the grow stores. Yeah, like, we're, we want to really involve the community if we can. Like, we're not here to really, like, raise money on it. We just really want to support the community. It's a community that I love. Mm-hmm. And it's something we feel very strongly about. Like, we've experienced both sides of it now, of course. Like, Prohibition. Yeah. The new Prohibition. Yeah, right. Prohibition 2.0. Guys, the way to go is a medical license. Get your shit federally regulated. Get your provinces out of it. Grow your own or find someone to designate for you. You can do it. It's If we can do it, anyone <laughs> can do it. You know, there are days we, we are barely functional due to mental illness, but we still manage to churn out some cannabis plants. Uh, we don't claim to be experts, but we've been doing it yeah. for about a year. Yeah. And I think we've come a long way. Like, I've observed you a lot. Uh, And you've also watched me grow cannabis. Yeah, right? (laughs) Disgusting. (laughs) So, you know, we're going to talk about that, kind of our experiences. We are medically licensed. Whether we ever use our full license, we we do have an allowance for 50? Yeah, 50 plants. 50 plants. 54, technically, because we get our four recreational as well. Oh, yeah, four recreational as well per household. So 54 plants, technically. Yeah. If you do want to follow our grows, I guess we'll do the social media thing now. Um, It's at Sour Weasel Cannabis on Instagram. That's kind of like our more jointly grow-centric page. That's where we really post our progress and kind of our beauty shots of the cannabis. Mm Mm-hmm. You can find Catherine at moon.grown on Instagram. And where can I be found? I don't even know half the time. Arkham.smoke. On Instagram? On Instagram. Okay, I think I'm on Twitter as Arkham.smoke. No period because Twitter doesn't like it. I don't use Twitter anymore, so I I don't even know how to function with that anymore. Yeah, whatever. I'm getting too old for this now. Yeah, like one social media account is enough. Yeah, no, I can't deal with that. Well, one social media platform. Like, I'm trying. I'm trying to keep us branched out on the ones that matter. Like, I'll never use Snapchat. I'm not not too hip for that. I'm not hip enough for that. that. No, you can't do that. No time for that. Fuck that. I got no time for that. Like, if, if, no no offense to my my sister, but like, if it's something my, my little sister, who's not very little, She's Anywhere. an adult. No. <laughs> but like if it's if it's something that, that my little sister uses regularly, I'm not hip enough for it. 
<laughs> like I'm I'm almost thirty. It's creepy if I use Snapchat. Right. I, Instagram is questionable sometimes. <laughs> And yeah, so I mean, that's kind of like a not so formal look at what we want to do in the future. We're we're really open to collaborations, um, you know, working with other people. We want to get a lot of different voices. It'd be really cool to speak to people like in different provinces, uh, kind of compare the different cannabis rules and, you know, Maybe we can work towards that, find some people. Cannabis community. Cannabis community has actually been very nice to me and very nice to you. And like one of the kindest communities I've ever actually been on the internet, which is crazy to say, but I guess that's how it goes. Like the whole stoner personality, we all just kind of get along. So it's pretty cool. That that's what we want to do. We, you know, any knowledge, like anything that we learn on our journey with growing cannabis with like cannabis helping us consuming it and processing cannabis as well we we have big we have high hopes (laughs) for what we want to do um you know with our allotment and ability to to grow we certainly want to expand that Mm -hmm. and you know the more knowledge we share that way the less that these government corporations or government licensed corporations mm-hmm. like billion dollar companies should not be the you know the main benefactor of the cannabis legalization like why aren't we following a more craft centric like stimulating the mm-hmm. economy that way so these are all things we we definitely want to cover in more detail uh, it definitely matters but yeah like the more people that grow the more knowledge that's shared the more we all share yeah. the less these terrible corporations profit and also, if you want to look at it on more of an environmental way, the more people who are growing, um, we definitely want to get people connected with an organic way of growing. I know it's not always the cheapest way of growing, but... And it's like, it's you not... Know, it's sustainable, and it's good for the environment, and that's something that, and, you know, cannabis communities kind of also into. And you know what? On that note, I want to, like, throw back again to the Toronto Cannabis Podcast, the first episode. Uh, it's available on most platforms. It's also available on YouTube. The first episode is actually with Greg Organic, and yeah. uh, they go over, you know, how to be completely organic. I believe Greg said he lives in a, uh, like, a, a condo, kind of like a high-rise situation. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you can keep organic without any issue, like any smell problems, you know, anyone can do it if you apply it. We use kind of like a mixture right now of chemical and some organic. Yeah. And uh, also as well, uh, through the website SproutFreeCanada.ca, I actually got kind of, you know, nudged in the direction of Kootenay uh, Organic Soils and their amendments. So that's definitely something I want to go into and kind of like look at. Uh, There's something I'm going to check out and kind of maybe do a little review on how everything was packaged and sent in to me and, you know, how well it's... It's working for me when I finally get all that organic material from them. Yeah, so, like, we're hoping to have an episode, like, at least an episode weekly. Yeah. Um, some of them may be a little more topical than others. Like, this one, obviously, is recorded quite a bit in advance. This is episode number one. Straight up, I haven't done any audio editing in years. <laughs> so this is going to be a new adventure for me. I, it's mm-hmm. only going to get better from here. So apologize if there are any weird cuts or crazy audio problems. 
We'll fix it. We'll nail it down. <laughs> we'll learn. We'll grow. We'll grow. Just like We're learning to grow cannabis. Yeah. You may have heard us smoking on uh, was actually some test nugs from our Sour Jack. We just broke off a couple Sour of the... Sour Jack by Crop, Crop King, King Seeds. Seeds. Good, sir. It's we, it, we it's the last one we had in our yes, pack. Yes, the last seed we had left. But we have a good clone. We have a good clone. Oh, yes. We have a beautiful clone. Mary-Kate so. and Ashley, you can, you can see them. Her. Yeah, pictures of it. 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 I, we yeah, we, we took it. We yeah. took it as a joke. It, it wasn't meant to go anywhere. It wasn't meant to even root. It was a mutated branch that just became two separate plants somehow and just we don't know what happened so So yeah you can you can see that on instagram too that's where we post most of our stuff um sometimes they like to shadow ban us every now and then and so that was episode one we are done with episode one how do you feel oh exciting i just want to say to everyone listening happy 420 and uh, I hope all of your ash is white today. Yeah, I hope that your weed is humid. I'm not, I know, it, it, that, that's a gross word for you, yeah, M-word. Don't, don't say the M-word, don't do it. All right, do it. so uh, we hope your weed is M-word. Very, very M-word. And your ash is white and your terpenes fruitful. Fruitful. <laughs> well, if that's your thing. Or, like me, you can just prefer spicy, peppery mycerine. Ew. Ew. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. And I hope you guys feel comfortable coming back again and listening later on. Yeah, we we weren't expecting to run this long. So, like, if you've stuck with us through the whole thing, then, like, we fucking love you. Thank you. Um, We're (laughs) hoping that we're available on pretty much all major platforms. If we're not immediately, um, I know we're going to post to YouTube. Our Instagram at NL Cannabis Podcast, you'll find more information there when we post. Yeah, we'll uh, get some links put up there so we can direct uh, direct you to <clears throat> upcoming content. And we might like post, uh, as we've been, post some little news topics that, that we find to get you to weigh in. We want to really be collaborative. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to be a voice for the community that involves the community. We want to have that feedback and kind of work that into the format somehow. So again, thank you guys so much for listening and have a great 420. Yeah, enjoy your night and, and day. And again, here's Lee Fitz on the outro with productivity and uh, I guess take it away, Lee Fitz. Yeah, yeah, since I was 18, worked for different heartless corporations for the last 12 years, I feel like I work for Satan, selling television and internet and the nation was secularism needed, everybody is waiting for the next iPhone, made by indentured agents and sells for $1,000, how much does it cost to make them on top of your monthly fee, thinking how much you're paying for a service that costs fractions of what those companies taking, they making profits up in the tens of the billions, I make 30000 a year and barely can make a living, plus they make me work on Christmas, Easter and Thanksgiving, yeah they pay me double time cause they have to what if they didn't it's the same for most jobs not many a different slave labor on top of wage labor to make a killing kids make it in a factory i sell it in a store then i buy one for myself cause i'm just another whore your productivity leads to profitability your productivity leads to profitability they make it in a factory i sell it in a store then i buy one for myself cause i'm just another whore your productivity leads to profitability your productivity leads to profitability
your productivity leads to profitability so somebody else can get rich off of all your abilities and that's the american dream if you think it all differently you're a heretic and terrorist against the divinity of capitalism such a savage religion relies on acts of attrition leaves you trapped in a system where people sell their souls for the goals that they're after the millions are free to do whatever you please when you trapped in a prison of materialism the material vision of imperialism was hidden by satirical sit-ins politicians serve the profits of winnings are all their super PAC supporters how they got the position damn we all encouraged to be apathetic apathetic here's something and half forget it hour then a half a second you sell your soul to discount buy back again in time with interest it seems as though the cycle has no ending your productivity leads to profitability your productivity leads to profitability they make it in a factory i sell it in the store then i buy one for myself because i'm just another whore your productivity leads to profitability your productivity leads to profitability they make it in a factory i sell it in the store then